our love to you. And Jesus, I pray that it's not just a melody. I pray that it's not just words. I pray that with all of our affection, our desire, all of our devotion, all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our strength, that we would truly love you. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Mm. Mm. Well, welcome to Thursday Night at the Rock. You guys good? So it's always uh, so good to get together on a Thursday night, what we sometimes call happy hour, um, because we know it's always going to be a good night on a Thursday night at the Rock. And uh, and I can sense that that is happening right now, and I believe that God's working in our lives. And some of you, it's your first time maybe on a Thursday, maybe you normally come on Sunday, um, but others of you, it's maybe your first time ever. And uh, if that's true of you, man, we really want to welcome you here. We really hope that you have a, a great experience and that you get connected with Jesus, but that you will also get connected with others. Uh, we really believe that as a church, that when you connect with Jesus and when you connect with others, that you truly do find what matters matters. So if you are new with us, use that QR code in front of you um, that, that you can scan that and get connected with us. But I really encourage you, stop by the, the connect wall um, on your, your way out after service. We've got a gift there for you. We'd love to give you a free t-shirt and just introduce ourselves to you. All right. Now, I, I want to start tonight. I want to ask y'all a question, you know, and I, and I do this often. It's kind of get us heading in the same direction during the message and stuff like that. So here's the question. And I want to ask it this way. What do you love more? Now, I know when I ask that, you're like, more than what, right? So let let me help you fill in the blanks. What, What do you love more? What do you love more, the donut or the scale? The donut? Donuts? Donuts? And see, here's the reality. If you love the donut more than the scale, you'll enjoy the donuts and you'll stay away from the scale. Right? But if you love the scale more, you'll stay away from the donuts. I can tell you which one I prefer. <laughs> here's another one. Do, do you lo- what do you love more, the snooze or the scriptures? What? The snooze button or the scriptures, right? Because here's the reality. If I love the snooze button more than the scriptures, I'm going to keep hitting the snooze until I have to get up and I have to get about my day. But if I love the scriptures more than the snooze, I'll get up. Now, I ain't going to lie. I hit the snooze one time every morning, okay? It's to, oh, I got 10 more minutes. Or actually nine. And I don't know why they set the snooze at 10 minutes or nine minutes, not 10. Dumb. But anyway, what do you love more? The pillow or the pavement? I'm a pillow all day. Anybody in here who's a runner, you're like, oh, give me the pavement. And I'm like, you crazy. <laughs> but right? Like, like that's how that works. Like people who run, a lot of times they'll run in the morning and they'll say, I love the pavement more than I love the pillow. And they'll get up and they'll run. And I'll stay in bed because I'm going to get a donut later. Um, <laughs> but here's what I want you to catch today, that whatever you love more is going to win the day. Whatever you love more 
is going to win the day. So I want you to think about the things that you say you love. I want us to think about the things that we say, that I say, that I love, because whatever I love more, that's what's going to win the day. So I need to make sure in my life that I've put God as number one because I want to love him more than anything else. Because if I love God more than anything else, I'm confident I'm going to win the day. And that's what the whole series has been about. The whole series has been this idea that if we want to win this year, if we want to, you know, kind of hit some of our goals, if we want to get rid of some bad things in our life and add some good things in our life, and then we want to win the year. Well, to win the year, we got to win the month. To win the month, we got to win the week. To win the week, we got to win the day. And the way to win the day, as we said, is to fear God, and that is lived out in a couple different ways. One of those that we talked about last week was walk in obedience. This week is to love him. Let me take you back to the same scripture we've looked at every week. It's Deuteronomy chapter 10. It's verse 12. If you haven't been with us, what this is, is a a guy who knows he's getting ready to die, and he's given a farewell address to the people that he's been leading. And he's basically saying, I'm leaving. Joshua's taken over. But before he does, I want to give you some final words. And again, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 reads like this. It says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, that was week one, to walk in obedience to him, that is week two last week, and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. We'll get you to serve next week. But I want you to see this aspect right here to love him. And we got to love him. Let, let me go to another verse we've looked at every week. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Then it says this, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Now, now if, if we're going to live out this verse, we got to start by, by asking this question. Who or what is the God that I love? You, you see, the scripture here is saying, love the Lord your God. That, that it's saying, love Yahweh, who is Elohim, which really means love the master, who is the sovereign one. So, so we can look at these words and go, love God. But my question is, is God really your God? Or have you replaced the true God with a bunch of false gods in our life? And I think, I think we do. Like we all need to admit that. I know I do. That, that we'll put these other false gods in and rather than worshiping the one true God that, that will basically say, oh yeah, I love God, be- but my God is myself or my God is my career, or my God is my sport, or my God is my, my, my relationship, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my husband, my, my wife, that, that my God is my children, that my God is my addiction, that my God is my money, that, that we have all these little things that we end up putting in place of God. And I want us to start, and I want us to figure out how do we love God, but the Starting point of that is recognizing the God we need to love is Yahweh Elohim. It is the one true God who rules and reigns. That's the God I want us to learn to love. 
And I want us to learn to love that God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and all of our strength. Like, I want us to live out the bottom part of that verse where it says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and all of your strength. And if, if you've come to church much in your life, you will notice this verse is repeated multiple times through Scripture. That there's a couple other places you can read something like this in the Old Testament. There's a couple places in the New Testament where they're quoting back to this passage that, that, that Jesus is saying to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your soul and all your strength. How do we do that? Like, what does it really look like to love God that way? Well, I, I want to throw... Um, a Venn diagram up. And a Venn diagram, if you're not familiar with that terminology, it just means like, like in centric circles, all right? So you can see here that, that we basically have three aspects of how we're going to love God. That Moses is saying, I need you to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Jesus said, we need to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. What does that really look like? Well, I want you to think about it like this Venn diagram. And I want us to start thinking in this circle of this is how I love God. Because what I really believe is that if we will love God with all three of these kind of circles, we'll find the sweet spot of love. Let me explain it like this, that if we're going to love God with all of our heart, then it means we're going to love God with all of our desire. Another word you can put there is affection. And that's the reason I love the song we were singing where it's talking about with all my affection, which, which means all my desire. And when we love people, desire is a natural thing, right? Like, like it's easy that, that when you go, man, I've fallen in love with this person, that you'll have desire for them. You should, right? Like if you're thinking about getting married, it is pretty important that, that you desire to be with the person you're going to marry, right? Like, like, this is pretty, like, not rocket science right now, okay? Or how about this? If you get married, you should find that person desirable. That, that, that if you think, well, I, when I got married, that I told her I loved her then, and I told her I liked her then, and I enjoyed being with her then, but now I never tell her I love her, I never hold her hand, I never put my arm around her, I never sit and watch a movie with her, then I got something to tell you about your marriage. It sucks. <laughs> or it ended. Because like, when we say that we love somebody, there is a desire that goes with it, that I should desire to be with them, to spend time with them. And that's what we see with God, that if we're going to say, God, I love you, then there should be a desire to be in his presence, a desire to be in, in relationship with him which I love it. It says it this way in the, the book of Exodus. This is Moses talking, and he talks about his desire for God. I, I just want to read it to you. It says this, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What will, else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? All right, backstory here is that, that Moses is saying, God, you're telling us to go someplace and I want to obey you, God, but I don't want to go where you're sending me unless you're going also. 
because I desire to be in your presence. He goes on and he says this, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Saying, God, God, if you're pleased with me and God, and God, you know me, will you show me your glory? Will you show yourself? Will you bring your presence into my midst? Moses had a desire for God. We see that same desire in a, in a guy named David. It's uh, David, he was a king and he wrote a bunch of songs and uh, we have a bunch of them recorded in the book of Psalms. This one is from chapter 27. It says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That David say, man, I just long to be with God. I desire God. He goes on, he says this in Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole body longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. That King David is saying, I just want to be in the presence of God. And that is one reason that we we gather and worship the way we do. There is something beautiful that happens when the bride of Christ, which is the church, there's something beautiful that happens when we gather and we worship and we declare who God is. It's an intimate moment of saying, God, I just desire you. It's the reason we turn down the lights. It's the reason we turn up the volume so that you can have, even though you're with the bride, you can have an intimate moment with God. So what we desire is, is to really connect with him. But, but to do that, it means that we need to desire him more than we desire other things. And too many times we desire other things more than we desire God. And if we're gonna love God with all of our heart, then, then we've gotta have this desire for him. Maybe the best way for me to illustrate that is to let one of my friends, uh, his name's Darren, that, that Darren shared a little bit of his story on video one day in our Regen Ministries. And um, I want you to hear what he has to say about this idea of desiring God. Uh, listen to Darren's story. Hi, my name is Darren. I have a new life in Christ. I have a new life Alcoholism is one of the struggles that I've had in my life. One of the struggles that when I first got into the recovery, when I first got into the recovery program, I heard about step one, which said admit that I'm powerless over my addictions, my brokenness, and my sinful behaviors, and that in my own power, my life is unmanageable. And for years, I struggled with that because of, well, because of my own sinful natures, my pride and my ego tried to tell me. You can do this on your own. You can figure this out. Uh, you don't need to get help. You don't need to talk about this. Um, you know, as a man, they say, you know, we, we don't ever talk about weakness. Um, we just got to try harder. and We can fix these things. And it's, it, I spent about five years of struggling and continually 
um, tearing up things in my life. And uh, I finally got to a point where, you know, in Romans it tells us that, you know, I, I have a desire to do what's right, but I don't have the power to do it on my own. And I got to a point where I was just completely broken and, and quite frankly, ready to quit. And it was in that brokenness, I call it now my gift of desperation, uh, because I was able to cry out that they told me that, that God loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me. And I think it was the reality that if he died for me, won't he be here to help me? But you know, in Revelations, they talk about, I stand at the door and I knock. And it's, it's a picture of Jesus asking for an invitation to come in. And, and, and you know, I always wanted this uh, ninja God that's gonna break down the door, but he waits for that quiet invitation where I cry out and say, I'm not okay. God, I need help. And uh, when I did that, everything changed. And here I am, 30 some plus years later, living a life I could have never dreamed because I've got a God who loves me so much that he stepped in where I couldn't. And he made the changes that I couldn't just because I was willing to ask for help and to submit to him and his will. Just don't miss the journey. No matter what your problem is, there's help and there's hope in Jesus Christ. I love that. One, because I just know the man, right? But I also love that he's saying, there was a time in my life that my desire was alcohol, and it was ruining me. And I flipped it and turned my desire over to Jesus and desire him. And if you want to love God, if we're saying, okay, God, I want to win the day, which means I got to love you, well, then I got to love him with all of my heart, which is all of my desire. But, but it's not just desire. See, it's got to go further than that, that, that we have our heart equals desire, but if we're going to love him with our soul, that means we have to have devotion. Because it's easy to have desire, right? Like desire, if you're not careful, can be fleeting right? Like, like, if you think desire, you can think like a middle school relationship. It's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. I, I, I got a friend, his name is Milo. Anybody know Milo in this room? Milo is uh, a child of, of one of our pastors on staff, and, and, and he's an elementary school kid, okay? So I, I want you to hear this. But I'll tell you, Milo has more girlfriends in a day then I have Diet Cokes in a day. Because whichever girl walks in, you want to be my girlfriend? And, and, and they on. And he's such a cute kid, and he's always going after these older women. I just want you to know. It's none of the kids his age. It's all these older women. And they're all like, oh, he's so cute. Yeah, I'll be your girlfriend. And they're like, oh, I feel so honored. And a girl will walk in the door. He's like, see ya. You want to be my girlfriend? He does. <laughs> and that's cute when it's an elementary kid. But when that's our life, it's not so cute to be on and off and on and off uh, that, that we've got to move just from desire to devotion where we are devoted to God. 
Where, where when we say we love him, you get it, Kristen. When we say we love him, then we're saying, God, I'm all in. Now, there's some of us that, that we are like that with our football teams, right? Like some of you are Dallas Cowboys fans. And whether you like them or not don't matter because if you like them, you're devoted. Because every year, and I'm not trying to put salt in the wound. Honestly, I'm not. It's just reality. Every year, it's going to be your year until the playoffs start. So you got to be devoted. Or how about this, Detroit Lions fans? If you're a Detroit Lions, T, are you really? I did not know that. So, so if you're from Detroit and you're a Detroit Lions fan, you have to be devoted. It's like being a Chicago Cubs fan. Because you just know once every 100 years you might win something, right? And this is their year. Gamecocks, I ain't got nothing for you, sorry. Um, <laughs> but you get it, right? Like, you have that point where you're like, man, I'm in. I'm all in. It's, it's just my team, and win or lose or draw, like, I'm in. Because we, we got to get there with God, where we're fully devoted, where we say, God, I am all in. I want you to see this is what Jesus not encourages us of, not what Jesus asks of us, what Jesus demands of us. It's from Matthew chapter 16, and Matthew was a follower of Jesus. So this book of the Bible, it's kind of like a biography about Jesus. This is what Jesus said, and Matthew recorded it. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. He goes on, he says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. That Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to follow me, awesome, but it's not an easy road. It's a very difficult road with a lot of bumps and a lot of hills and mountaintops and valleys. And for you to navigate that road, you're going to have to put a cross on your shoulder, which means you're going to have to say, I am in with Jesus to the death. That's what he asked. He shared something similar to that with a huge crowd that was following him one day. And he gave them some teaching that was really tough. And all of a sudden, they all started leaving. And Jesus looked at his 12 disciples, like the ones who were closest to him. And this is what he said to them. We find it in John 6. He says, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And Peter's saying, God, Jesus, like, no, we're not going anywhere. Because you have the words, you have eternal life, you have everything we need. So come hell or high water, I'm all in. I'm all in. And that happened to Peter. Now, there was a, a time, a, a couple hour uh, period that Peter screwed up and he, and he denied Jesus. But, but if you look at the totality of Peter's life, all the way to his death, Peter was hung on a cross. At least church history tells us this, that, that Peter was hung on a cross, that he literally carried his cross, and he was willing to die for Jesus. That's devotion. 
And you might not be martyred for your faith. You might not be persecuted for your faith like Peter was or like some people around the world are, but we are still called to go all in, to say, I am 100% devoted to you, God. All my heart, my desire, all my soul, which, which really means there are all of my life, is my devotion. And then there's one other aspect, and, and it's this, with all my strength. And when it comes to all my strength, that means my discipline. I want you to see it, that, that I love God with all of my heart, and with all of my heart, that means my desire. I love him with all of my soul, my life. That means I'm devoted with all of my strength means I'm disciplined. And discipline is something that, that many of us need more of in our life. I'm guilty. I will tell you right now, I am definitely not the most disciplined person who lives in my house. It is 100% my son, Tate. And I don't know, many of y'all won't know Tate, but um, Tate, when, when he was in sixth grade, he came to me. And he said, Dad, something's got to change. He goes, I'm losing weight. And if, if, if you've parented kids, like, like I, I will tell you, Tate was overweight. But I'm not going to look at my elementary kid and go, kid, you need to lose weight, right? Like, like, like you got you to gotta be gentle. You got to coach. You got to guide. So that wasn't part of our discussions. But he came to me and said, Dad, I got to lose weight. It ends today. And... And he started as a sixth grader. He, he just started, he changed his whole diet. Like, I still went for the donut. Tate did not. <laughs> that, that, that he started working out. You'd hear him working out in his, in his bedroom. And, and I'm like, okay, this will last a week. Nope. Let me show you a picture of Tate. So the picture, when he's young, obviously you can tell. That is going into sixth grade. He weighed the same amount in sixth grade that he weighed when he graduated high school. Total transformation. Total transformation. And, and then I'll tell you this about Tate as well. He, he went to Coastal. He had the, the opportunity to play football for him. And, and his first day of practice, his defensive line coach looked at him and said, we're going to put 40 pounds on you. You got to get up to 270. He's like, man, I took off all the weights. And he got up to 270. And the last day he played football, he came home, he said, all right, new Tate's coming back. And sure enough, within six months, 270, back down to 225. I, I'm, I'm only using this illustration for this reason. That takes discipline. And, he, and that's the reason I say, in my house, he's the most disciplined person in the house. That, that wakes up at four in the morning, goes and works out, comes home, eats his breakfast that he made the night before, packs his lunch, goes works a construction job 10 hours a day. When he's done with construction, goes and works out and then comes home. That every day. I'm eating Chipotle last night and he's making skinless chicken. <laughs> it is what it is. But why do I tell you that? What would it look like if we took some of that kind of discipline and added it to some other areas of our life? Like maybe for you it is health and you're like, man, I got my blood work back and my, my blood pressure is through the roof, my sugar is through the roof, my cholesterol is through the roof. What if you just said, I'm going to be more disciplined because I want to do my very best to be here as long as I can until the Lord takes me home. 
but I'm going to do my part, trusting God to do his part. Maybe the discipline is, man, there's an addiction in your life and you're just like, I got to quit this addiction and I got to bring some discipline in and I got to trade that desire in for a desire for God, but I'm not just going to desire it. I'm going to be disciplined. Maybe there's a sin habit, not an addiction, but a sin habit. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's your mouth. Whatever it might be, they say, I'm going to bring some discipline in. And what if it's your money where you're like, with my money, I got to bring some discipline in that, that I got to start doing things. With our walk with God, it's the same way. We got to bring discipline in as we walk with him. I, I love the way Paul said it. It's 1 Corinthians 9. He said, everyone com- who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That that Paul is saying is, I discipline my body. I beat my body. I work it so that, that, that what he's saying there is so that I'll avoid sin. That I discipline myself because I want to walk in obedience. I discipline myself because I want to honor God. I discipline myself because I want to grow. I discipline myself because I want to do what what God wants me to do and I don't do what he wa- don't, doesn't want me to do. I discipline myself. What would it look like if we said, God, I'm not just gonna love you with my heart. I'm gonna love you with my, my strength and I'm gonna, I'm gonna live a disciplined life. Now, let me take you back to that Venn diagram. What would it look like if, if we added all three? I think we'd win the day. But if we only love God in one way, you'll lose the day. And let me illustrate it. Like if I only love God with my heart, if I only have desire, but I don't have devotion or discipline, then, then what I really am is a fan. Or maybe I could say, then what you really are is just infatuated with Jesus. That that if I love God with my heart, but I have no discipline and no devotion, I'm just a fan. I'm I'm all in until I think something better has come along and I chase that. And I'm a fan of that. And I'm like, well, that's not, that, that didn't work. So I come back to Jesus. Oh yeah, Jesus, you're the best. Until the road gets hard and I'm like, oh, let me go over here. That I'm infatuated. That's not how we should live. It's definitely not how we love Jesus. Or, or think about it this way. That, that what if I have discipline, but I have no desire? Then what you really have is apathy. That really you're a Pharisee. That there's no relationship with God. It's all about a religion. It's like, well, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to check a box. I'll serve every now and then, give every now and then. I'm disciplined. Woke up and read my Bible, but I got no relationship. I got no desire for God. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. That's what the Pharisees did. That's apathy. Or, Or how about this one? What if I have devotion, but no discipline? You won't like this one, but here's what it means. 
means I'm lazy. I'm just lazy. Like I got some desire for God and, and I've... I even have maybe a little bit of devotion, but I, I, I got no discipline. I'm just lazy. And I don't want to have a lazy love. I don't want to have an apathetic love. I don't want to have a, a, a love that is just infatuation or that I'm just a fan of Jesus. What I want is I want to bring all three together because when I bring all three together, then I hit the sweet spot. That I let all three of those come together. And they all cross, and it's at that point that I'm able to love God with all of my heart and with all my soul and with all of my strength, which is what Jesus did. I mean, all you got to do is just look at Jesus. He had a desire for God, the Father, that he was devoted to God, the Father to the plan of coming and sacrificing his life for us. He was disciplined in the fact that he did it. He loved God with his heart and soul and strength. And he loved us, right? With all of his heart, he had a desire to reconcile a relationship with us. With all, all of his soul, his devotion, he came and he lived out the plan and with all of his strength, he went to the cross and he endured it. So let's follow in his footsteps. And let's love God the way Jesus taught us to love. Won't you do me a favor? Let's stand up. We're going to go into a time of response. And as we do this, it's, it's just a time to, to pour out your love to God. Just, just pour out your desire long to meet with him. And maybe that meeting is going to be coming up and taking communion. Communion is just a, a cup of juice and, and a piece of bread. And you'll find it up here. There's two cups stuck together. Lift one out, the bread's in the bottom. But what communion is, it's a way for us to say, God, I just desire to be with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Maybe that you need to pray with somebody that, that Darren and his wife Jackie are in that corner. They would love to pray with you if you need, need prayer. There's a couple prayer counselors that will be in this connect corner. We would love to pray with you. Maybe today it's like, man, I need to be disciplined. And you make a decision to be disciplined in your life. Maybe it's like it, it's, it's time to, to take that step of baptism. I don't know exactly what your next step is, but I know this. Love him with your heart. Love him with your soul. Love him with your strength. Because that is how we're going to love him more. And if we love God more than anything else, that's how we're going to win the day. Jesus, we come before you right now. Claiming you as a good father. A good God. We just want to be in your presence.